0: Well, We've been uh, going through a series on this devotional, so I do encourage you to get one of these. They're, it's, it's really good and um, really ask, ask some questions, I think, that cause you to really stop and focus on, focus on Jesus and inviting the Holy Spirit, and, or, or more accurately, I suppose, accepting the Holy Spirit's invitation. But, um, we, uh, but our, our sermon series has, has been following that, and uh, each week we're talking about a different topic in relation to Jesus and, and what, what He came what he brought when he came into this world. So we have candles up here. You may have noticed, why is there just one candle lit? That's just weird, right? Well, each candle represents a different topic. And so last week, Daryl spoke about hope, and this candle represents the, uh, represents the, the hope that Jesus brought when, and, and the hope that we can have in Jesus. The title of my sermon today is the invitation to peace, I'm talking about peace. And, and this candle right here represents peace. And so I'm going to go ahead and light that now. Ooh, let's not burn myself while I do it. There we go. When you think about peace, what comes to mind? Maybe you think about having enough Money, having a good job that can bring peace, having positive circumstances in your life, healthy relationships. You get the point. Now, none of these things are bad, right? All of those things are good. I mean, having a, having a good job, having healthy relationships, when, when circumstances are positive, that's always nice in life, right? And, and so those are, those are good things. They're not bad things. But the truth is they won't give anyone the peace that we all long for. In fact, I would, I would say that things like healthy relationships are, are generally a byproduct of having that peace as opposed to the other way around. See, the world would say that these things bring us peace. But have you ever seen somebody or heard somebody talk who, who has... Seemingly everything together. They seem to have all of these things, and yet there's inner turmoil. And then some people would even say that to have peace, you need to have war first. Theodore Roosevelt said, speak softly and carry a big stick. Tony Stark from Iron Man took it a little bit differently. And he said, peace means carrying a bigger stick than the other guy. I would like to submit to you today that we were all created to experience a different kind of peace. In John 14, 27, Jesus uh, Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. It's interesting that Jesus says, that, says here that, that peace is a gift that he brings, that he gives. See, one thing to understand is that the Israelites thought that the Messiah would come and bring peace by doing what? Waging war against their oppressors. Waging war, in the, at that time, against the Romans. That's what they thought the Messiah was going to do. How he was going to save them. How he was going to bring them peace. But that's not what he did, is it? Instead, he turned that idea on its head and, and by, by instead allowing himself to be sacrificed by dying on the cross. And in doing that, he conquered evil once and for all. See, the kind of peace that Jesus gave us as, as, as a gift withstands the worst of circumstances. It permeates the soul, if you will. See, even, even as I try to explain it, the words just don't do it justice, does it? Like there are just not enough words to adequately, adequately convey this peace, the true meaning of it. You see, I'm trying to use language from this world to explain something that is divine. The peace that Jesus gave us and invites us all to experience is a divine peace. It's peace that takes up residence in the core of your being. We experience this peace when we trust in Jesus, when we trust him to take care of us, when we trust him that he has conquered evil, that he has overcome the things of this world. This peace comes not through good circumstances, not from a good job, not from security. The peace comes comes from knowing Jesus, from having relationship with him. It comes through surrender, through surrendering to Jesus. When we push aside our will, our comfort, our desires, and surrender to him, that is when we can begin to experience this peace. We all long for that, don't we? There are many examples throughout the Bible that, that illustrate this piece, and I want to go through a, a few of those. The first one I want to talk about is in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, "'Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins.'" All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Let's paint this picture for just a second, okay? So we have Joseph and we have Mary. They're engaged to be married. When Joseph finds out that Mary's already pregnant. Okay, now his plan is to just separate from her secretly, not to make a big scene, not to disgrace her. But something interesting happens. The Holy Spirit comes to him in a dream and lets him know that it's okay to take Mary (laughs) as his wife. Now, question, at this point, do you think that Joseph understands everything that's going on? He has this dream, and he's like, oh, okay, I got it. No. He's hearing Mary is pregnant, but she's a virgin, and and, and the child she's going to give birth to is going to save humanity. That's a lot to take in. (laughs) See, I think sometimes we read this stuff, and we forget how wild it is. Like we thought, oh, it's a nice story, nice story. No, this this seems crazy, right? I can pretty much guarantee you that Joseph didn't just hear all that and say, ah, okay, makes perfect sense, I'm good now. I don't think that's what happened. But God speaks to Joseph and in spite of his lack of understanding, he trusts. He trusts what God spoke to him. He has peace in the fact that God is in control and he's saying, it's okay. It's going it's to be all right. I got this. See, and we're faced with these kinds of feelings constantly, aren't we? How, how many of us have things going on in our world that we don't understand right now? that maybe make us uncomfortable. What's our response to this? What's our response to those situations? If you're like me, then your initial response may be to stress out. Now, I'm an internal processor. So my stress out, people don't typically know that I stress out, but there's an internal battle going on. Some of you may be external processors and everybody knows when you're stressing out. But when we're going through challenging times in our life, stressing out is a natural reaction to that, isn't it? It just comes out. But Jesus came to bring peace. Not through making things comfortable, but through knowing and trusting him. So the question is, can we get to that place where we can trust Jesus in the midst of, of, what's going, uh, of what we're going through and, and allow his peace to flood our hearts. Another example is the story of Abraham. Let's look in Genesis uh, chapter 15, verse one. It says, "'Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision "'and said to him, "'Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you, "'and your reward will be great.' "'But Abram replied, "'O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings "'when I don't even have a son?' Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it. Counted him as righteous because of his faith. So Abram and Sarah are at, at this particular point, they're, they're quite a bit older, well beyond what, you would, what they would have considered childbearing years. But God tells Abram that he's going to have a son. Now, this doesn't make any sense. He would have had every reason to doubt what God said. But it says that he believes, and God counted him as righteous because of it. Now, he has his own journey to go through where uh, later on in, in his story, he, uh, he tries to make this happen on his own strength. But in that moment right there, Abram is trusting God. <coughs> sometimes God gives us promises that just don't make sense. And sometimes life appears to be taking us in the the opposite direction of the promises that God has given us. In that moment, in that season of your life, you have two choices. You can do what Abraham does later. He takes... God's promise, and, and 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 he assumes that the only way that this is going to happen is by taking taking things into his own hands. He has a son with one of Sarah's maids, uh, and he assuming that that's the son that God promised. But that ends up leading to leading to strife between Sarah and her maid. Leads to strife between the two sons, him and the one that he has later on. So you can try to take things on your own, do things on your own, and make it happen or you can do what Abraham is doing in that moment and trust what God is saying. See, we don't have to understand what life is bringing us. It doesn't have to make sense. The key is that we continue to listen to Jesus and trust that he's going to do what he's promised. That may not look like we expect, it may not even look like we would want it, it may not happen the way that we would want it to happen, it might be a challenging road to lead us there, but we can trust him. And again, this that trust brings his peace that surpasses all understanding. Another example is Paul. Paul experienced Many challenges in his life, many hardships. He was imprisoned multiple times. He was beaten. He was constantly persecuted by those who opposed him. And yet, while he was in prison, he wrote the book of uh, Philippians. In one part of Philippians in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Paul's in prison while he's writing this. The peace of God exceeds all understanding. By all rights, he's in prison. He should be freaking out right now. He should be asking God, how could you allow this to happen? But instead, he's talking about this peace that exceeds understanding. Paul was able to have peace in the midst of circumstances that he didn't understand in that moment. We see in Acts chapter 16, one time he and, and, and another man named Silas, they were beaten with rods and then thrown into prison for essentially doing what God had called them to do. And in the middle of the night, what are they found doing? Are they found complaining? Are they found weeping? they Are found worshiping and praying? Singing to God. Now, I don't know about you, but if I get beaten by rods and thrown into prison, I might have a few other words to say. But Paul is found worshiping. The peace that Jesus gives us is something that we can take with us when things are good, when things are bad, when our hearts are broken, when we lose a loved one, when we're passed over for a promotion, when someone we love hurts us. God's peace transcends all of that. So the question is, will you accept the Holy Spirit's invitation into his peace? We sang the song, Silent Night, and Mina captured it. That was, it was just very pure, wasn't it? That was a kind of a special moment, I thought. But um, the idea of that song is that this was a night like any other, Right? There wasn't anything specifically remarkable about the night. For most people, it was just a normal night. But it was a night that changed the course of history because Jesus was born, because Jesus broke in to this world. In fact, in the the spiritual realm, this night was all but silent. Numerous prophecies were, were fulfilled on that night. Revelation speaks of a dragon trying to devour Jesus the moment he was born. The Jews, the Jews wanted Jesus to come and battle the Romans, but Jesus didn't come to battle flesh and blood. That's not what he came to do. He came to battle the work of the enemy in the spiritual realm so that we could have supernatural peace. And just like Jesus' battle wasn't against Flesh and blood, neither is ours. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. There was a song I sang in, in Sunday school. Uh, perhaps if you uh, grew up in the church, maybe you sang this same song. You guys want, me to, you guys want to see me sing a song? A Sunday school song with all the motions and everything? Are you you ready for it? I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never zoom over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir! Anybody else sing that song as a kid? Now, we are in the Lord's army, but I wonder if Christians truly understand what that means. I'll tell you a couple things it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean fighting against politicians trying to take our rights. Now, I'm not against being involved in politics. I think that can be a good thing, Um, but that is not how we fight this battle. It doesn't mean we rebuked our loved ones when they hurt us. It doesn't mean that we tell people who don't know Jesus or people who do know Jesus for that matter that you're a sinner and you're going to hell. That's not where the battle is. Our battle is in the spiritual realm. Our weapons are love, prayer, hope, joy, peace. Those are our weapons. We are helpless in this battle if we don't accept the peace that Jesus brings into our lives. Jesus came to show us a different way to live. A different way to fight. A different way to love. So what's our response to this? Will we allow God's peace to flood our hearts and our minds, and, or are we going to look to our circumstances and be overwhelmed? We have an invitation from the Holy Spirit, to trust what he says to us. Will we accept that invitation? That's the question we have to ask. Can I have the worship team come forward? We're going to um, go ahead and, and take up our offering. Um, and uh, this is a good time to put in your Connect cards as well. There's also online options uh, at uh, oasisvineyard.org, uh, if you prefer that. But um, God bless you and your generosity. This is what allows us to do what, what God has called us to do. We are a giver-supported church. So We're about to, to sing a song called, called Give Me Faith. And the, and the song says, Give me faith to trust what you say, that you are good and your love is great. As we sing that song, can you just push aside the worries that you may have? The anxiety that you may have? The negative circumstances that you may be faced with? And can you trust what he says, what he's saying to you?